0: Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman. Today I'm going to talk exclusively about Pesach and tell everybody uh, how to set up their Pesach notebooks um, because I think it's important. Um, The thing about Pesach notebooks is that It takes a little time on the front end, you know, the first year to arrange it. And I know we talked about this last year too. So for those of you who have been listening since last year, you'll have had most of this information already, but um, I think it's worthwhile to repeat it again. um, A lot of you emailed me about um, getting the notebook And I was thrilled to send it to you. So if you want it in a spreadsheet format, please feel free to email me, Rebecca at BalaganBegan.com. That's R-E-B-E-K-A-H at BalaganBegan.com. And I will will email it to you. (laughs) Um, So if I did send you the spreadsheet, um, you'll see that I put in some uh, items that I already have just so you could sort of get the... Um, gist of how to do it. Um, and I left you uh, some of my recipes also. Um, okay, I think that it's really great if you could get um, a five-subject notebook. This this way you can sort of, or, or a two-subject notebook, and this way from year to year you have room to sort of add where you have like one part that's stable that stays the same, but then you focus on the second part of the notebook that that is changing. Um, or if you did a five-subject notebook, you could have one section for each Chag. Um, I mean, like the larger Chagim, like Pesach, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Shavuot, Shavuot. Uh, and then, and then in the front part, you have just sort of like a year-to-year list, which is what I'm going to talk to you about. There's a lot of different ways you can arrange it. If, you know, a, bi- a three-ring binder is more convenient for you, that's good too. I like that option also because then you can move around the pages um, and you could even put them in a plastic sheet protector so that, you know, you could have recipes in there and they don't get ruined. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you could do it. I love the spreadsheet way because... It's dynamic, that means that I can copy and paste and make small edits. Um, without, you know, having to write all of my information over again. But also, I can view it from anywhere. I always have it with me because my phone is like an appendage on part of my arm. It's like in a part of my hand. (laughs) I I left home without my wallet yesterday, but I didn't leave without my phone. Um, So, like, I can check my spreadsheet directly from my phone. And to me, that is like a totally... um, you know, worthwhile reason because I would totally forget to always carry the notebook with me like when I'm shopping or what I needed. This way, um, I, I don't. I think I've told you this before, I don't have a good memory, so I have to write everything down. And this way, if I only have to remember to bring my phone, it's a lot easier for me. If you don't use a phone, um, I actually love... Um, in Israel, they have these small machbarots. I like the ones that they have for you know, regular writing in Hebrew. Um, But, you know, a three-subject notebook or a loose leaf or even a small loose leaf with put-in, put-out pages is great. Um, Fine, whatever you love to use is fine with me. So the first um, page in the spreadsheet is a summary of what we already own. What I find, or on your notebook, what I find is that um, people really... From year to year cannot remember what they have and they end up seeing something throughout the year and say to themselves oh that would be great for Pesach and then when they pull out their Pesach stuff they have six of that item so this part of the list is really to prevent you from overbuying what you don't really need um, I have it separated into five columns so the, fir- the top of the page says what we own. Um, Then there's a column for what I own in meat, what I own in dairy, what I own in parev, what I want to buy for next year. A lot of times things get ruined or damaged or I just found that like because I'm cooking a lot of stuff um, I really want to buy an extra small fleischik pot. Um, But whatever, you know, you think you need like I just found that I didn't have enough pots while I was cooking so a small just a small one because like you know to heat up something small because we don't have a microwave so you know that's what I is on my wish list Um, and then I have a list for what I kosher from year to year so I kosher all my knives they're completely stainless steel I just do hagalah on them I soak my glass bowls and I do hagalah on my silverware this way I, um, I don't have to keep a second set of silverware and, uh, it usually works out okay. Uh, sometimes I have to do Hagala in, in batches, um, because you know, there is a waiting period between when you last used it until when you can actually use it again. So, um, you just have to, you know, put that into the planning, uh, aspect of things. So that's page number one. Then page number two, I like to call purchasing, which is basically a shopping list. So on the spreadsheet, there's a column for items that I bought, like how many of the item that I bought. And then the next column is what I name, what, what the item is. So like last year I bought four olive oils. So in the first column, I write four and in the second column I write olive oil. And then I write the cost, how much I paid. If I bought, them at different times at different places I'll make a second entry for it but right underneath it which is why I love the spreadsheet because I can just click add a row and I can insert the second olive oil next to it sometimes I um, just average out the price of the two of them and this way I can um, you know see the general price from what I pay for year to year And then in the last column, I write how many I actually used for Pesach. So I kind of know the general price. Let's keep using olive oil as an example. I kind of know the general price for olive oil throughout the year. It's usually about 30 shekels for 750 milliliters, which is not relevant to you in the US, but just so you can see the comparison, um, 30 30 shekels for, for 750 milliliters, sometimes i can get it for like let's say 24 shekels okay so i know that if i see olive oil on sale for 24 shekels i might want to buy like six of them even though throughout the chag i think that i'll only use three it's worth it for me to have something that's a staple like that on hand um till it goes on sale again and this way um you know, I'll save a little bit of money. I have the space to actually store a staple like olive oil. I use a lot of olive oil throughout a week. I probably use three quarters of a 750 milliliter bottle in a week. So um, it's one of the only oils that I use. I only use olive, coconut and grapeseed oils. So um, I do, I go through a lot of it and For me, it's worth it to put away a few extra bottles, but I still wanna know how to budget exactly for Pesach. So I wanna know how many I use exactly for Pesach. This way, I know how much to start sort of saving in terms of money beforehand to know that I'll be able to cover my, my Pesach shopping. Okay, the next section is called to do. So I leave this to do here All year round and I just sort of cross it off as I'm done doing it and um, on the spreadsheets there's an option called strike through. You could just strike through and then at the end of off, I just clear all the strike throughs and let them be there again for next year but the list is the same. Um, So basically I have three sort of categories. I have a to clean section so I clean and kosher my mixer um my plata my sofa my dining room chairs i take off the covers and i wash them um the stove the toaster the brita and the hot water pot which this year i don't have so yay i have i have just like uh the generic term here is called temi arba but i have a water bar so now i don't have a brita or a water pot which is great and i don't have to clean it so <laughs> i mean i'll wipe it down but tov um it's completely hooked up to the water line so there's nothing i can do to it. Um, and then i have like more of a to do section which is sort of involving um, the koshering although i see that it's a little bit um, it's a little bit uh, mixed here. so to do i have kosher the toaster kosher the regular oven clean the stove, clean the fridge, clean the freezer, clean out the silverware drawers Um, move the meat dishes, unpack the glass dishes, soak the bowls, vacuum the sofa, vacuum the chairs, set the table the day before, mop the floors, and then, oops, someone outside is not happy. And then what I do, and of course I keep things on it like clean the car, which a lot of people forget until the last minute, so clean the car, um, search for chametz, burn the chametz, I have on here dry cleaning, which you know I try to schedule in way in advance. But I don't want to forget to you know get anything dry cleaned that I want. My husband likes to have like his kittel clean sometimes. So uh, Tove, I make sure that I do it like right around Purim time, so that I'm not rushing before Pesach. Um, and then, in, and then I have a section that's shopping. So shopping, I put in like whatever I need to purchase. Like maybe I want to purchase a new pot or food items, food specialty items, or I want to buy flowers, or we pay, play um, uh, seder bingo at our seder. So I always like to make sure I have candies on the table so that the kids can put the little candies on the bingo mats and it's fun for them. So like I put specialty items in the shopping section. And then what I do is I take this list and I put it on my calendar. So I plot out when all of these things need to get done in relationship to the end date of Pesach. So if the end date of Pesach, you know, is April 1st, whatever, I I don't even know what day Pesach is this year, but just for argument's sake, um, let's say it's April 1st, um, then I... I work backwards from April 1st. So for example, I know that search for chametz will be the day before, you know, the night before. So I'll write, I'll plot in to search for chametz. And and I know that cleaning the car is one of the last things to do because the kids are always eating in the car. Or if I'm not going to use my car one day, like for a few days, I'll know like this is when I don't need my car again. So I'll have it cleaned this day. And I just plot it backwards, soaking bowls or Ashkenazi. So we soak our bowls for our glass bowls for three days. So I know I have to work backwards from that to make sure I have them in time for the Seder. So the point is, is think about when everything needs, that particular task needs to be finished by and work it into your calendar so that you can really, you know, not feel stressed out about what has to get done and when it has to get done. You might even wanna add a line, next to the to-do saying how much time you need to do this. So how long does it take you to soak the glass bowls? Well, how long does it take to set it up? I don't know, 10 minutes to gather all the bowls and turn the water on in the bathtub, right? But um, I need to do it three days before. So if off is April 1st, I need to do it by like March 27th or something. 27, 28, 29, right? So, you know, like you need to just... Work backwards for how long it takes. How long does it take you to vacuum your chairs? I don't know, does it take you 20 minutes? It depends how many chairs you have. So, you know, think about how much time it takes and plot it out on the um, on the calendar, and then you won't overschedule yourself. And give yourself extra time. If you think a task will take you 30 minutes, leave 45 to do it, just in case. And if you're ahead of schedule, great, you're ahead of schedule, you haven't heard anything, but then it will give you a little more leeway to budget your time. I know that taking the stove takes several hours and you have to uh, make sure that you've waited 24 hours in between, you know, when you last use it and when you're ready to clean it. So you have to budget, you know, the amount of time. Like cleaning it um, after Shabbos is a really great time to clean it because you haven't used the stove in that amount of time. And so, um, you know, you get like a good you're not losing time. If you can kosher the stove at that point, that's great if you don't, especially if you don't need it again between Shabbos and Yentif. So um, that's what I like to do. I think that it's a really great um, planning system in general. Write all the things you need to do for any Chag or any occasion or anything. Anytime you have a big event, write down everything you need to do in a, in a, in a list and then plot it out on your calendar. That's really the key. Okay, so the next um, tab for me is recipes. I keep all the recipes for Pesach. Um, If you download it, if you got my Pesach workbook, I have my chocolate mousse uh, pie recipe that I make, and uh, my friend Shauna gave it to me, like, I don't know, a long time ago. She's a great cook, and uh, I always love going to her house for Shabbos, and she gave this to me, so I use it. Really, the only time I make it is on Pesach, but it's actually a great recipe for all year round, and I do sometimes make it when we need gluten-free desserts. Um, A note about gluten-free, which someone pointed out to me. um, I told you that I give kidney oats snacks to my kids. I try to give kidney oats snacks to my kids uh, before Pesach. Um, I said that gluten-free snacks... Um, are usually okay but uh, a very good point is a lot of gluten-free snacks have oats in them which don't have gluten but they are hameds so check the ingredients um, and just you know be careful but, but checking a gluten-free snack is a, is a good way to go okay now the next tab I have I call it seder. Now we in Israel only have one seder, but you can make two tabs for this night one and night two because sometimes they change. If they don't change, okay, Lona ra. You don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, you know, make two nights. You just add a, se- a different section for the for the meal plan, but uh, which I'll get to in a second. But basically, the way that I have the seder is that I have column A is for guests. Column B is the person's name. A column C is what I'm actually going to be making for dinner, and then I leave a space where I could just put a little X next to it. And then, column E, I have a to-do list specific for the seder. So, because there's special things that need to get done for the seder, um, I like to I like to make like an extra list. So, for example, I have the menu, but in a, in the to-do list, I have Grate the horseradish, make the haroset, wash the parsley, parsley, get a shank bone, make the salt water, make a hard-boiled egg, wash the lettuce, cut the celery, assemble the seder plate, and set the table. Now you might, you know, you might need to put out the Hagada, Hagadot, or you know, I, I don't know, whatever you need to do that's special for your seder, that's fine. But I found that the first year I was like trying to think what do I need to do special for the seder? And having it all in a list made it so much easier. And now I don't have to think. I just go through it and check it off. And it's much easier for me because I don't have to try to remember if I'm missing something. Did I do everything? I know it's here. It's on the list. I've already checked it. So that's, um, you know, how I manage uh, the seder. And, you know, make two columns next to each other. It's fine. Um, We usually have like about, 20 or 25 people, and you know sometimes you might want to put on things you need to borrow. So, like for example, I don't have 20 chairs in my house. I always need to borrow a few extra chairs from either my neighbor. Sometimes we borrow them from the shul. Um, but I know that on the to-do list, borrow the chairs is there. So you know, it's dumb. You gotta know what you need, but. You can make it your own. So, okay. The next sheet I have is um, a two-day meal plan. Now, this is set out for somebody who has two sedarim because uh, that's the way I set it out. Um, If you only have one seder, great. That's all we have. So... (laughs) Um, you know, just use one day. But basically, column, let's see, what's wrong with this here, Uh, hold on, there we go. Okay, so the way that I do this is I divide um, several lines into a lunch section and a dinner section. And then I divide, so let me go across at first the top part, which is lunch, and then on the bottom you'll just duplicate it for dinner. So column A, I write lunch. That's a dead column. On the bottom, I write dinner. In column B, I write the guest. So who's coming for lunch? And on the bottom, it would be who's coming for dinner. And then I write in column C, food. What am I making for that meal, both for lunch and for dinner? Now, on top of that, I have the day of the week that that's going to be. So so overlapping in column B and C is the word Sunday. And that's just an example, depending on how the chag comes out, that's how I list it. So it's like a double box that says Sunday and then guests and food and then parallel and I just run it down the list. Sometimes people who are coming for the seder are not coming for lunch. So, um, you know, because we have friends who just come for the seder and then they eat lunch by themselves. So, um, Tove, whatever you're gonna do is fine. If it's the same and you're using a spreadsheet, you just hit cut and paste if it's you know, the same in both and you're writing it out, you can just draw an arrow to show that it's the same. Um, and then you make a list of all the food you're making for that meal. And then you duplicate those two columns. So then for the next day, for Monday, um, you'll have the guest plus the food on the top and the bottom for the lunch and the dinner. So usually on the first day, always on the first day, um, that first section, on Sunday will be blank because I'm only hosting people for dinner because, you know, lunchtime is not a hog yet. It's just Erev Chag. So I only keep on dinner and then I do Monday. And if it's a two-day antif, I do Tuesday and the same thing. The guest, a column for the guest, plus what I'm making for the meal. This way I can sort of gauge how many pieces of everything I need for everyone. Okay, so <clears throat> next to that... I have um, menu totals, a to-do list, a column for, called menu total, a column called to-do list, and a column called shopping. So in the menu total, I write everything I'm going to be making throughout all the meals. In the to-do list, I write everything that needs to get done to make sure that all of those dishes are happening. Maybe it's peel the carrots. Maybe it's make the soup. Maybe it's, you know, turn the crock pot on. Whatever, I don't have a crock pot for Pesach, but whatever, you get the point. It's the to-do list of all the component parts. Um, And so, for example, if three recipes called for chopped garlic, I'll just chop all the garlic at once. If three recipes called for chopped onions, I chop all the onions at once and I make them, you know, leave them in a bowl and I take what I need as I need it. And then the shopping list is, I keep the shopping list specific for the seder for the seder. One thing that I want to say in Israel is that um, I like to buy all of my meat and chicken before Pesach because there's no shkita during Chol Moed, so this way I have enough to get me through the whole Chag and I plan the whole Chag meals, um, you know, basically what we want for the whole Chag because it's just easier in terms of what I need to make sure I'm buying. Um, okay, the next um, the next thing page I have is the final page, and that is the spring cleaning bonus, which are all the things that I like to do to get the house clean for Yom Tov, but that are not required as Pesach cleaning. So I, in my house, cleaning the windows is one of those bonus features. Now, a bunch of ladies called me and said to me. Cleaning their windows is not a bonus feature because kids eat in their windows and have they find chametz in the windows. I don't exactly understand what those windows look like, but if that's not a bonus for you, then don't do it. I don't care. I mean, I mean do it in advance. If it's not a bonus for you, whatever you need to get done for your chag, you know. In my house, the windows are a bonus item. There's no way that any food could get in them. In my house, washing out the pillows, let's say, is a bonus item because, you know, they need to be refreshed every once in a while. I try to do it twice a year. I don't always do it, but um, they need to be cleaned. Um, so I try to do that for Pesach, but it's a bonus item. If I don't get to it, I don't get to it. It's not a tircha, you know, it's not a tragedy. I, it doesn't It doesn't matter if I don't get to it. So... Um, Really, the thing is, is that this is, for you, a very personal list. Uh, For me, um, I don't know. I can't think of something else. (laughs) Like, really giving the bathrooms a deep clean could be, um, you know, on your wish list for spring cleanings. Or cleaning out the attic. Or cleaning out the storage unit. Whatever it is, whatever you want to have is okay to put on this list. But... These are just sort of things that I um are a bonus. You could even put go on vacation, (laughs) that would be great. I think visualizing what you want your reality to be is huge, and I think you should totally do that. So, if going on vacation is what you want to do before Pesach, please by all means put it on the list. I know I said to my husband, It doesn't look like it's going to work out this year, but last year um here in israel pesach is 17 days long for school children because kids get off the week before pesach i don't know why and it's crazy and i hate it but they do and it's awful and so i joked with my husband that this year i wanted to have the house cleaned a whole week early and that we would go on a family vacation the week before pesach and my mom said to me well if you're doing that you know why don't you just come to america and i'm like Oh, because then I have to go to America. But no, I was thinking of just going to some place like Cyprus or something like that. That's place that's closed or even going on vacation in Israel. But sadly, it's not going to, it doesn't seem like that. That's going to be the way that it works out this year. But it's okay. I just, it's a goal of mine to have. It's something that I would really like to do one year. um, Unless the minister of education changes the law about when kids go on vacation, which I heard that there's talk about. So, you know, I'm praying for that. Um, because truthfully, I don't really want to go on vacation the week before Pesach, but it's so funny here in Israel. I mean, I do if my kids are off, but not just, um, to go just because here in Israel, it's like the apocalypse is happening when it's a three day Chag or even like a big Chag like Pesach. It's really like the day before Yom Tov, it's so hard to get food. Like the shelves are empty there's no there's no chicken there's no meat like you can't and if you go during halamoid it's like crazy there's like really no food like everybody um it's the same way before uh, a two, a three-day chag like if rosh hashanah falls out on shabbat like like how it did this year where it's like a three day i think it fell out that way this year right um you know it's friday night shabbat sunday monday Oh my goodness, it's the end of the world for Israelis because they're not used to having a three-day Yom Tov and so it's really, really hard for them. And they're always worried they won't have enough food so they just buy and buy and buy and buy. And in a way that it's great that they you know, wanna be prepared but also I think that there ends up being a lot of food waste this year. So in general, not this year, but just in general. So what I wanna to say to you is that this first, if you're doing this for the first time, it's going to take time, like I said, for you to figure out exactly the quantities and how much you need to make without wasting. And there will be some trial and error in this first year. But on the second year, it's going to be so fast and easy. Like, I don't really even start thinking about Pesach till after Purim. And, um, I mean, I talk about it to all of you because all of you are interested in it. But I actually don't really start preparing till two days after after Purim, because for me, Purim is so special, and I love Purim, and we have a huge, huge mishibah, and um, like 70 people, and I love it. I love Purim so much, and. For me, I like to focus on Purim and then focus on Pesach, and it's fine. I feel like I have enough time. If I slot everything out on my calendar, I try to do like a task every every day and and you know, it leaves me like a month to do everything, and I feel like that's okay. I don't have such a massive house that it's an issue, but really, I have so much less stuff than most people. It's not so hard. Like, for me to move my kids' furniture and dust behind their beds and their desks and their bookshelves, like, it's not a terrible, difficult thing to do. I could clean each of their rooms in under two hours, and um, I could certainly clean my room in less than an, maybe an hour, but certainly my room where we never eat in our room. Um... I could clean very, very easily. There's nothing under the bed. There's only our beds, our night tables, um, a hamper and a chest that's like up off the floor. It's very, very easy to clean and dust in our room. Our closets are completely closed off. So, um, you know, I dust in there because over the year they definitely get dusty, but it's certainly a bonus item. I don't need to do that. But it it doesn't, even including that, it doesn't take me more than really two hours to clean any specific room in my home. So if I spend, I only have four bedrooms. I can clean my house, really thoroughly clean my house in a week. The kitchen is what takes me the most time. That's the one I leave for the you know, the week before Pesach. And I really only do the basics. I only clean out the cabinets that I'm gonna use. Um, to me, it's a bonus to clean out all my cabinets. I find that as I need to throughout the year, I clean them. I have the cleaner wiped down the outside of the cabinets all throughout the year. So, like, my house isn't filthy and I can afford to have him spend the time cleaning, um, you know, the outside of the cabinets during the whole year because he doesn't clean up clutter in my house. And I think that this is the most important point to starting to prepare for Pesach before Purim, is that if you're going to do this, It's better to spend this time before Purim focusing on the clutter, getting rid of the clutter so that you can clean as close to Pesach um, with a focus on removing chametz and not cleaning for spring cleaning. And I think that that's the difference. It takes me less time to do things because there's less stuff in my house. Honest to God, that is the reason. Like, I, I promise you, if you have less stuff, it will take you less time to clean in general and for Pesach. Now, like I was saying, um, I just close, we we sell our chametz. If you don't sell chametz, okay, so then this could be a problem for you. But since we sell ours, I just put a piece of tape on the cabinets that we're not using or I rubber band the handles together so everybody knows not to go in there. And we don't go in there. And I clean out the fridge and I clean out the freezer and, you know, I do put... um, there are some things that, you know, are left over, uh, from, like condiments are usually a problem, like ketchup or mustard or something like that, that I save, you know, till after Pesach. Then I cover up the door. I take a, um, I take a few dish towels and I tape them onto the door. That's all I do. And I cover the food. I taped them on and it's fine, (laughs) you know, and it's or I take um, sometimes I take a sheet if I'm doing the whole door. This it's a lot easier than a bunch of towels. And I just tape it to the door and I let it be covered and it's done. And like it's easy and it's not it doesn't have to be stressful. If you feel stressed out from Pesach, take a step. Oi, don't be so angry outside. Uh, if you're feeling stressed out from Pesach, take a step back and breathe, it's all going to be okay. You don't have to clean at all. You can close up parts of your house. It's fine. It's totally okay. And it was funny because the first year that my cleaner was here and I said to him, listen, I only want you to clean this one cabinet out. He was like, what? He was shocked. And I was like, yeah, yeah, just, just, you know, thoroughly wipe down this one and this one and that's it. And he's like, nah, you're joking. You don't want me to clean all of them? And I'm like, no, you don't need to. I'm just going to close those up. We'll clean them another time. Every week from after Pesach on, you'll do another cabinet. Or sometimes I have him do one cabinet each week. And, you know, the cabinets have stuff in them. So it does take time to remove everything. But also... What I like to do from Purim till like, you know, I try to start doing it even before Purim, but I start to use up all of my stash of stuff. This serves two purposes. One is, you know, it's easier to clean because there's less stuff and I have to take less stuff out. But also um, it gives me sort of like a freshness date. Like I know that all my spices are being sort of used up by Pesach and I'm starting fresh after Pesach, and I like knowing that nothing in my house is really more than like two years old, Um, you know, that I'm not, I'm trying not to save spices that are that old, or I'm using things up, but I think that's also the important thing is, is that um, I sort of view it as a challenge to use up all of my chametz before, um, before Pesach, and I think it's I don't know, it's fun to try to figure out how to do that. So um, those are my tips for Pesach. Um, I want you to remember that on Pesach at the Seder, we're supposed to remember that, you know, or we're supposed to feel like we too were saved, but we don't actually have to engage in... Uh, the slavery of cleaning (laughs) to feel like we were the ones freed from Egypt. And I think that's like an important key. We don't want to arrive at the seder feeling like, you know, we were slaves actually redeemed from bondage and thank God we're done and finally at the seder. I mean, I hear stories about ladies who fall asleep at the seder and I feel like that is no way to enjoy it. I, my mom used to be so tired when I was a kid. And I just, I, it, I don't know. I find the Seder to be a very enjoyable experience. Also, now that we only do one, I find that we're more excited to make the one count. But I also feel like, there are so many things that the kids can do to help participate in. And people who are coming to our Seder, I totally delegate. Like, you know, I don't make the charoset. I have someone bring the charoset. I have someone boil all the eggs and bring all the eggs. I have someone make a salad. I have someone, um, in fact, a friend of ours, he comes with his mother and his father and his sister. And before, Yom Tov, I give him a shopping list and he shows up with all the vegetables at my house. And like, I have everybody who's coming to our center participate. And... I think that when people put skin in the game a little bit and also participate, it makes them more engaged in um, you know, the whole process itself. It makes everybody a little bit more appreciative and I think that's sort of the point. The point is, is not that we have to do all the work ourselves. The point is, is we're in charge. We are the project managers in our houses. But at the same time, our husbands, our children, our guests can also participate. And it's okay to participate and people want to feel included. I told you, I think, that I am planning, excuse me, um, I am planning Sheva Brachot for a friend of ours and we're going to have 25 people in our house for Shabbat. and. I told you that I don't have enough uh, dishes or glasses, (laughs) the silverware I have, but the dishes and the glasses I don't have enough of. And all I did was say to my friend, hey, can I borrow some? And she's like, sure. And everybody's like, what can I bring? And instead of me saying, hey, just bring yourselves or just bring a bottle of wine, I said, sure, bring a bottle of wine and a salad or, you know, bring a bottle of wine and rice, bring a bottle of wine and a vegetable. That's the thing. I don't need to do it all myself. So I'm going to make the main course. Everybody else is making the side dishes. That's it. I don't have to kill myself. I'm hosting everything. I'll probably end up washing most of the dishes, whatever doesn't fit in the dishwasher. And, you know, I'm going to say to everybody, hey, we're clearing the table. Who's going to come into the kitchen and dry the dishes so that, you know, I can come and join you too. And I think that that's really the key is everybody wants to feel like they're excuse me participating and why why don't we let them do we have to be like the hostess with the mostest i don't think it makes us any less of a hostess to ask our guests our children our spouses to participate with us it doesn't it doesn't make us any less most of us work um And if we don't work, we have a lot of kids and we have a lot of things to coordinate, and that's a job too. And we don't have to do everything. We're the boss, and we can delegate to different people. Now, maybe it's not gonna be done exactly the way that we would have done it ourselves, but that's okay. (laughs) It's okay if something isn't done exactly the way that we want it to be done. It's done. Remember, ladies, perfect is the enemy of done. It doesn't need to be perfect, it just needs to be done. And anyways, if we don't allow, especially our children, to help us and participate, how will they know how to do things? I'll tell you that oftentimes, because we live in Haifa, a um, a lot of people come to us for Shabbat, like they're interested, they want to come to Haifa, it's fine. A few, We sometimes get, Bachram especially, who are very, very lovely people and will always play a game with our boys, but it's like they can't pick up their plates and walk them into the kitchen. It's very shocking to me. You're a stranger in somebody's house. I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to cook for you. Eat as much as you want. Please take what you want. But everybody's getting up to clear the table, you stand up and clear the table too. When you show up at somebody's house, you say, hey, I don't know you, thanks for having me. Can I help you? Can I sweep the floor? Can I help you set the table? Is there a vegetable that I could cut up? And I'm always shocked about how people are so unwilling to chip in when they're a guest. And I think that when we have opportunities uh, like Pesach or any other Chag or even just a regular Shabbat, where we can say to our kids, hey, cut the vegetables, set the table, sweep the floor, whatever it is, um, especially our sons, it's important for us to do that because even though it makes, first of all, my husband is an obsessive neat freak. He's very, very neat. And he hates when I ask the kids to sweep the floor. And I, he's like, they never do a good enough job. And I said to him, I'm like, listen, It's not about if it's perfect, it's about that it's done. They need to know how to sweep the floor. If they missed a space, fine, point out that they missed a space. But you could also let it go and just keep encouraging them to sweep the floor because ultimately, more than anything, I want my my husbands, I want my sons to be good husbands. I want them to be able to say to their wives, you know. I did this so that you didn't have to. Like I want them to be preemptive. I want them to know they don't need to wait for their wives to say, I'm going to sweep the floor, that they should see the floor is dirty and they should sweep the floor. And the only way that they're going to be able to do that is if they know how to sweep the floor. And so I think that by doing it all of ourselves, we're really giving our children a huge disadvantage. Again, it doesn't have to be perfect. And maybe for Pesach, you're a little bit more type A about it. But then point out what they did wrong and ask them to do it again. And getting them involved is key. And also, I think that it's important just from the idea of um, understanding and appreciation. When you have your family help you or your guests help you, they're a lot more willing to appreciate the efforts that you make in order to get done what needs to get done before a chag. A lot of people do not understand the effort that goes into getting ready for a chag. And that is terrible. I mean, it's really just awful. So I suggest that um, really over the next few weeks have your kids get involved. Even at this stage, if you're just doing the decluttering so that Pesach cleaning will be easier for you, that's okay. But really, have your kids get involved at this stage. Let them see what's involved in getting ready for a Chag. They're gonna be grown-ups one day, and they're gonna to need to know how to do this stuff. And it's important that we teach them. That's our job, to teach our children, not to do everything for them. So get them involved. I know it won't be exactly perfect, but it's okay. Again, perfect is the enemy of done. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm going to wrap up for today. Uh, I hope that this Pesach episode was valuable to you and that you found it useful. Um, Please let me know if you have any questions. I know that I had a lot of voicemails in the last few days, few weeks. Um, Bezrat Hashem. I will answer all of those questions next week. So, uh, have a fabulous week, everybody. Please let me know, you know, where your issues are. If you want me to send you an email um, of the workbook, I'm happy to. Just send me an email to Rebecca R e b e k a h at balaganbegone.com. Um, I am. I just want to say, as a side note, I am working out a way. Uh, to try to do my challenge group um, through a phone line. So, uh, Bezrat Hashem, that will happen after Pesach. So, if you want to do the challenge, if you're interested in doing the challenge, please call and leave your name, number, um, and uh, what country you live in. So, I I mean, I guess with your number. Make sure with your number to include uh, the area code or the country code so that I... I know where you're located um, and Bezrat Hashem, when I have everything set up, I will call you and, um, you know, but if you're interested, just interested for now, um, please leave me a voicemail and let me know um, if you're interested in doing the 10-week challenge. I have to say, I am so shocked at the ladies doing my Conquer Your Clutter class at how successful they're being. It's amazing how much clutter and how... Much, they're just cleaning out. Some of it's not even clutter. Some of it's like useful stuff. uh, And they're just cleaning out and it's amazing. And they're having amazing, amazing results. So please um, leave me a message with your name and your number or send me an email that you're interested in doing the challenge and I'll make a separate list for that. And when it's ready, when the phone line's ready to do the challenge, I will let you all know. Okay, everybody. um, Remember... To always say to yourself, Hashem keeps me organized. And eventually it will be true, but just use it to soothe yourself. Hashem keeps me organized. Hashem keeps me organized. And just repeat it to yourself as a mantra. So Hashem keeps me organized. Ladies, I will speak to you all next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye for now.